Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Practical Shaman Podcast. My commitment in 2023 is to start to come live. I do the Shaman's Cave every other week, and so my goal is to get some of the Practical Shaman Podcasts. And what they're going to be is practical, because as I work on my new book with the same name, I want to start to give practical tools. And some of those practical tools include uh, how do you promote yourself? How do you publicize yourself? How do you grow as an author and get your work out there? And in fact, today's guest, uh, we met because I've decided to do the audiobook for Winds of Spirit. If you're not familiar with Winds of Spirit, here's the hardcover. And I will show you a little bit later, or it'll be at the cover of this, is the new audio version. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Nathan Agin. He's an actor, marketer, and audiobook narrator producer whose voice cuts right to the chase. He has completed 50 plus audiobooks, won an Earphones Award with Penguin Random House, and was an Apple Books must listen with HarperCollins. He has also narrated a 100 plus article for New York Times bestselling author Mark Mason, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Blank. As an author, he self-published and narrated his own book, A Beginner's Meditation Course. He brings 10 plus years of web design, email marketing, and social media experience to his work as an audiobook coach and consultant. And we'll have a link to where you can learn more about him, audionathan.com. And really welcome here to The Practical Shaman. And I didn't realize you had recorded a, a book on meditation. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't too far of a, a step sure. from, from where have you been. But tell us about what was it like to narrate Winds of Spirit? Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was actually a very different kind of project for me. Um, you know, I hadn't gotten a lot of books in the kind of... Uh, spirituality genre or, or, you know, the, the, I mean, I've done a lot of self-help, but they tend to be uh, a lot more, um, uh, the authors tend to have a really strong point of view and that, and they really want to, you know, help you with something and, and get you out of a rut or, or whatever. And, and, and I, I've enjoyed doing those, but this was just a different tone and a different energy. And so, um, I was, uh, I, I figured I'd throw my hat in the ring and, and see what happened. And, and I was uh, delighted to hear uh, that I got the project. And then um, and then the real work began of figuring out how to uh, how to pronounce everything. Uh, we can we can talk about that a little bit more specifically. But um, no, it was, you, you know, like I said, this was just a project that required a different kind of uh, approach and uh, tone and energy from me. Uh, you know, and probably similar to my meditation book, um, which I had done a number of years ago. So I'd like to think I've I've improved even more since then. Um, so so yeah, that that that's kind of a, a quick overview of of just trying to get started with the book. Let me just tell you why we chose you. I mean, you have an awesome voice. Thank and- you. Yeah. That was that was the foremost reason, but we had over 225 people audition to read the book and my my editor Stephanie Gunning, who I'm going to have on the show in a few weeks said, you know, we probably could have narrowed the field a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, but, but we did I didn't know who the reader was like one woman read and that I thought like I want this woman to read the book when I have a Spanish version. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. The reason I wanted a man, actually, I didn't want the man. Well, it wasn't that I didn't want the man, but the winds wanted a man. And their reason for wanting a man was that 
the book has been like a lot of women have bought the book. A lot of women have taken the Windor course and a lot of men are missing out of the the shamanic new age mm-hmm. spirituality neo shaman movement and they were there in the 70s and 80s they were leading the pack and now they've kind of all but like disappeared into the woodwork so i feel like i was a messenger for the winds i don't feel like that i have any you know any special skills other than i've been doing it a little bit longer but mm-hmm. one thing that the winds have shown us is that the more people who can hold this work the more these winds are going to start to speak to all of us so in some ways and i just got chills you were picked by the winds to, <laughs> to balance out the the masculine aspect of the wind energy in this project and so you've become the masculine voice of the wind whereas i wrote the words and became more of a you know i moved the rock from the cave mm-hmm. you just helped get their message out to the world and so I, it's a really big responsibility, and I'm, I'm glad to, <laughs> to do it with you. And I'm glad to share you with uh, the Wind Worker Tribe and the Wind Believer Tribe, and the people who are going to listen to this work in the future. Well, so. yeah, no, it's it's very um, very cool to hear. I mean, I remember I talked to Stephanie, and you know, she gave me a couple of, um, ideas of of how you had selected, but I, I didn't know as much as you just went into. So it's uh, it's very cool to hear. So thank you for sharing that. This is this was me when I was listening to she listened for a lot of other inflect inflections and Mm -hmm, where people mm -hmm. went up and how they asked questions and I'd like I'd listen to two two seconds of their energy and (laughs) they're out they're out they're out and we actually the way she was listening the way that I was listening we came we came close and Mm -hmm. you know so and then your experience and things like that because we wanted the right person to be able to actually produce the book sure yeah so that's how you got here. But why don't you tell the listeners how you got started in audiobooks? Yeah, of course. Um, so I do. Uh, I do have a background in acting. I went to college uh, at USC for theater, and so you know, I have I have some training. I did classical theater, um, you know, for a while after school. Um, but it was probably about ten, ten to fourteen years. Uh, you know, twelve to fourteen years after I got out of school that I actually tried to get into this audiobook thing. And, you know, um, I remember at the time, three different people uh, who were not talking to each other, but three different people over two weeks, all happened to say, geez, you have a really nice voice. And I remember just thinking, all right, what am I what am I missing? Because, you know, of course, you, you can't necessarily think of everything that you could do. But, um, you know, you're just kind of standing there going, well, this clearly seems to resonate with people. So what what do I do with this? Um, and it's more than just like you have nice eyes. It's like, okay, I can actually use my voice for something. I guess I could be an eye model, but um, uh, if I had a really nice eyes, people were commenting on it. So after having some conversations with people, uh, a few different close friends, it, it became, and it still is, it's like any freelance work. You know, there's a lot of hustle involved. And so the the beginning was, let me go out to authors who, you know, I, I find their books on Amazon and they don't have an audio version and let me record a short demo and send it to them and see if they'd be willing to take a flyer on this, you know, see if they'd be willing to hire me to do an audiobook. And, and of course, everybody would love to work with, you know, the, the big books out there and all that. But 
you know, as you're just starting out, you look at, well, who are the other authors that their books might be selling well and you could actually reach them? They would they would be the decision maker. Uh, and so that just gets started. And, and I got a few books that way. And then pretty early on, I had reached out to Mark Manson, um, who you mentioned uh, at the beginning, because I had been reading and following Mark's site and I loved his approach to self-help and and just had a really fresh, uh, uh, engaging style, really kind of cut to the chase the way I, I I tried to with my voice. And I felt like, geez, if I could work on his material, that would just be a dream gig. And uh, he was like, well, let's let's test a few. And and I did. And he's like, all right, let's let's do this. And so for I think for a lot of his catalog, he ended up eventually recording his own. Um, he just some readers wanted him to record. And, and that's very common with people that are writing and podcasting and all that. Um, but I did, you know, over 100 articles, over 30 hours worth of content from Mark's site. And that was just a big confidence booster uh, in the beginning for me. Uh, and so just slowly, you know, like any you know artistic career, you, you figure out, okay, how do I get better at this? You know, do I seek out coaching? Um, you know, who are the players to know, whether it's production companies, publishers, uh, and all that. So just, you know, slowly learning more and more and getting more and more involved with the industry. And, um, you know, uh, you stick at it and, you know, eventually you'll just keep getting more books. So about how many audiobooks do you do a year? Um, I, I keep it light compared to some, some people are doing like at least, you know, 50 books a year, wow. which, um, it just, that seems crazy to me. Uh, and, and as much as I enjoy this work, I don't want to spend my full time, trapped in this small padded room here. Uh, you know, I'm an extrovert. I like to be social. I like to do other things and creative things. But um, I think last year, let's see, I know I did about a ten, about 10 books were released, but I, you know, I would say maybe about a dozen books a year. Um, you know, that, that seems to be a pretty good style. And of course it's hard to even, you know, th that doesn't even tell you how many hours. I think I did about I did a, almost about 90 finished hours last year, which again, pales in comparison to what some people do, but that seems to be a good speed for me. Um, I, I can, you know, be a little choosy with projects. Uh, I, I'm not constantly in here, you know, stressing about, oh, I got to get this book done and then that book. But, um, you know, so that, that, that seems to be good for me right now. So speaking about your little box that you're in, tell mm -hmm. us about Tell us about your little studio there, because you actually have a really good sound. You know, I know in my new new house that the sound echoes and sure. I want to create something like that and other people at home. So what's what's the beginner basics that we would need to do a little podcasting? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing, even if you have amazing equipment, uh, if you're not in the right space, it's it's going to pick up all those those echoes, the background noise, the refrigerator turning on or whatever. So one of the biggest things is about treating the space. And because most people can't soundproof, you know, the room that they're in um, and, and that, you know, is it takes a lot of effort, um, but you can treat it. You can try to deaden the the noise and the the bouncing around of, of sound waves. So that's what these these blankets are kind of heavy duty audio, you know, blankets. And um, I just have, let's see, I have three around me and then one up top. Um, and that, you know, cuts down on a lot of the bouncing around. And of course, I'm facing the back. And so as I'm talking, there's not really a lot of space, a lot of, a lot of places for my voice to go anyway. Once you have um, a pretty well-treated space, <clears throat> ah, 
All right. So I was working earlier. Now I'm, I'm, my voice sometimes get tired, gets tired. But you know, I heard from a vocal coach. A lot of times you'll, um, we'll try to like uh, clear our throat. But she said actually that's one of the worst things a vocal coach said you can do is because it kind of you know flaps the the vocal cords together. And so it's mostly about trying to just break that habit because almost all of us, you know, will clear our throat. And it's like you probably either need to just swallow or take a drink of water. And what's funny about the voice is that, you know, I, I can hear something or it can sound groggy or, or tired. And then, you know, if I just take a drink or whatever, then I'll get into another patch where it's just smooth sailing. And, and, it, and so it's, it's very unpredictable where I'll, I'll suddenly think, oh, no, I have to cut recording and stop. And then, uh, you know, it'll it'll work itself out and I can go for another you know 40 minutes or whatever. But to answer the question about the booth, once you have a, a space that's treated and you've, you know, you found a quiet corner of your house, whether it's a closet or whatever, and you've put up clothes or blankets or moving blankets or whatever you have to just reduce the amount of echo and bouncing, then, yeah, you want to, you know, find, you know, some good equipment. Um, you know, this is this is my second mic. You know, I've kind of upgraded as I've gone along and. Um, you know, so that helps a lot, um, knowing where to place the mic so that you're not, you know, talking directly into it and getting all those plosives and P's and B's and <laughs> all that stuff. Um, so, you know, there are little techniques that you learn definitely. That's great. So, and I, and I want to say that, so make sure you hit subscribe to this practical shaman channel, because I want to share practical tips. And so practical tips might be, that you have your lozenger or you have your water or what did he have to learn as a vocal vocalist in order to overcome that or, or the blankets and stuff, not mm -hmm. just about the book wins of spirit, but let's talk about the book wins of spirit. Sure. Yeah. So I did a lot of research for there and trust me when, when spirit said you're writing a book about the winds, I went outside and said, but people don't like the wind. You want me to write a book about, you know, I want to be popular and you want me to write a book about the wind. So I did a lot of research and there was a lot of a lot of words that you just don't really quite roll off your tongue when you're an American <laughs> speaker. In fact, last year, one of the a wind students, Tina, she actually went and looked up all of the winds and got a really good pronunciation, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you probably found helpful. But what was your research like? And, and I know a little bit, but why don't you tell tell the listeners yeah so um there are some tools where you know you can kind of put the manuscript in and it'll flag you know words that are complex or unusual or foreign or whatever so i did that and you know quickly found that you know there were probably over 300 terms um that would require a bit of research and you know for anyone that's familiar with the book um it's because you uh, dive into a lot of different cultures around the world and their names for the wind or their names for different, you know, uh, things within their culture or within their country. Um, and so you have, uh, you know, just all of these very unfamiliar terms um, and uh, or things like in the native Hawaiian language. Uh, I remember there was like a really long title of a book that I just ended up having to do like in pieces because I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do this all in one. Like I'm not a native Hawaiian. I can do it in chunks, but let me try to do it in chunks and then string it together so that it sounds like I said it all at one time. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, the, there were those challenges and then just spending a lot of time, you know, trying to find uh, especially videos um, that, you know, you could hear people see uh, saying the term um, and then getting a consensus of like, well, is there are there two different accepted pronunciations? Is there one? Uh, are there six? You know what? Like. And 
as a narrator, a lot of times you'll find this, especially with names. And it's like, well, if I can't find anyone anywhere saying this person's name, describing how it's pronounced, more than likely, whatever best guess I can make, uh, the listener will not know any better. Um, unless you get someone from that country or culture that knows about these things from years gone by, um, the chances are very slim that anyone else would know how to do it. But there there were a lot of uh, challenges. And I'll tell you, because I don't think I told you this story, for the um, uh, Muscogee Creek uh, Nation, I could not find anything. And I was like, well, well, you know, and I'd heard other narrators doing these kinds of things. And I said, well, let me just go to their website. And I went and there was a phone number. And so I called them. And and I I explained and it kind of took a few different people for me to get transferred to. Uh, and they were like, oh, you should talk to, you know, this this woman over here. And so I said I did. And I was going through the terms and she, you know, knew what I was talking about and gave me the terms. And so I was like, that was great. You know, and, and you know, probably took, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. But I don't think I would have found those terms unless I had actually spoken to somebody, you know, from the Muscogee Creek Nation or somebody that knew a lot about that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, and at first it can feel a little, um, daunting or nerve wracking. I'm like, oh, I'm going to call these people and they don't know who I am. And I'm going to explain, oh, I'm doing this audio book about, you know, partly about the Muscogee Creek and, but no, she was very helpful about it. And, and so that's, that's just the, you know, I, I think as a narrator producer, you know, there's a standard for us about how thorough we're going to be and, and how much effort we're going to put into a work that, you know, we're going to make it to the best of our ability and knowledge uh, as, um, you know, I mean, I'll use this word, but it, it can feel a little hard sometimes, but uh, as perfect as the book can be, you know, in terms of pronunciations and, and, and everything else. So this book just demanded a lot of research and a lot of energy. And I felt like, well, that's, that's the task at hand. I mean, I've done other books that had hundreds of medical terms and, uh, you know, you, I need to look those up and, make them sound conversational so that it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then, of course, if a, a listener ever wanted to go in and talk to their doctor about it, they would be saying it correctly so that it just continues this, you know, passing on of information. So I think the same thing can be applied, um, you know, for the listeners of this book, Winds of Spirit, that, you know, hopefully they'll have uh, a better understanding of how to pronounce these terms if they ever want to discuss anything. Or if they call to the winds. Now, I totally understand what you said about like having that that situation come up where you got on the phone and you got the right person who can help you because uh, there was a, there was a win that I was not going to uh, put in the book because I couldn't find any information on that mm. particular win. And then all of a sudden, and we're talking about it was about the, the last wind in the book of De Amate. And okay. so I was I was. I said to the editor, I think this wind has to go. I can't find any information on it. I said, I'm going to give it one more day. The very next day, I found um, in on a Latvian website, mm. this whole description about Latvian mythology. It was a thesis paper of some unknown origin with some unknown name that talked about Bayamate, the wind that I hadn't, that I was about ready to give up on. Because like I said, this, this book, Winds of Spirit is a wind, 
is spirit, Holy Spirit, Ruach, mm-hmm. Nevada, they're all wind. And so this book had its own life force and its own dream to come into being. And clearly you were the right choice because you did go that extra mile to make sure all of those pronunciations. And I wanna give a shout out to Stephanie Gunning because she actually listened to your entire reading, mm-hmm. reading the book alongside with it to make sure that everything was there. And one of the things that I learned as an author is that you found mistakes in the book that, that you know, things that were written twice or things that, mm-hmm. you know, were spelt wrong and all of that. So I found that really helpful as well. So if you're thinking about that, you've got a perfect book, there is no such thing as a perfect book, but if you want to know for sure, get somebody to narrate it, and then you'll know for sure what's, and I, you know, and I've learned to read my own writing out loud, but you read your own writing, and you just read over the mistakes. Because yeah, you because you, 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 your brain thinks it knows what you've written and knows what it should be. And so, I mean, and believe me, I, I will narrate things, and, I, you know, sometimes I'll get corrections back, and I'm like, I can't believe I said that word instead of this word, or I left this out. And, and it's just the brain does, you know, wacky things, and we're human, and we, we you know, we can't possibly get everything correct. Um, but yes, I mean, even, and for authors out there, believe me, even, you know, uh, uh, high-profile uh, manuscripts from big publishers, they all have mistakes. They all have mistakes. So uh, it, it really, you know, it takes the narrator reading every word and then cross-referencing that with the manuscript that's when you find, okay, what, what is, what actually do we, do we need to correct here before we publish? I, and I know, and it's just like, and, and it surprised me because, you know, it had been edited 14 times and line edited of and course, all of that. Yeah. And just, you know, just that way, I'll have mm-hmm. to send you a hard copy of the book. Oh, now okay, great. Done, yeah, done yeah, editing yeah. it or done reading it. So tell me, what did you enjoy most about narrating this book? You know, it was it was definitely something that I was uh, very unfamiliar with the, the subject matter and, and going this specific into all these. I mean, there may have been a couple um, of the of the wind gods that I had heard of, but by and large, I, I didn't. I certainly did not know this much information about them, and uh, certainly the like. I one of the reasons I enjoy this job is you get to learn a lot of stuff, and so. Um, I learned, you know, all of the history and culture. I thought uh, I find all that very interesting, and it was just, again, because I have a curious mind. The first part of the book, where you kind of outline the steps of working with the winds and and how to do that, that was all very new to me. And so, you know, learning about that process and uh, understanding how, you know, how, what's involved there, and this is something that I had never really come across before. That was always very, very interesting, um, you know, to me. But um, I would say, you know, personally, I just, I just like learning things, and so all the, all the history and all the cultures, you know, in the part four of the book, uh, was, were really fascinating. Trust me, I had to learn how to work with the winds too. And if I was to write the book again now, ten years later, or you know, six, seven years later, after working with hundreds of students with it, mm-hmm. I, we've learned a lot more processes because. It's one of those things that was lost in the cave of time. And now we've taken it out. And some of my students actually went deeper with their processes than I did mm. and have taken the work a lot further. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, in 200 years, it'll be interesting to see where this work is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. These wind spirits come when there's the biggest transformation going on on the planet. And we're in a time where we're in an epic shift. And so they're really helpful. Well, give us like 
how do people find you if they're thinking about an audio book? Where, where can people learn more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is audionathan.com. And so, you know, that has a lot more about my work and contact and, and, and all that. Um, you know, of course, if you go to Audible um, and you type in Nathan Agin, A-G-I-N, you'll find, you know, all my books there. So you can see, you know, listen to samples and things like that. And, and you know, it's kind of like podcasts. So like most places that people would find audiobooks, you'll probably find, you know, books I've narrated. Um, and so, uh, and the joy of this is that I've gotten to do a lot of different genres. So depending on what you're interested in, you might find something that, uh, you know, you actually want to listen to, whether it's nonfiction or mystery or, uh, young adult, uh, you know, there's a lot of different stuff out there. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad to really get to sit with you over here because we've mostly communicated through email mm -hmm. and yeah. And I'm looking forward to, uh, I have a long drive ahead of me in the next few, in the next month that I'm really looking forward to listening to the book. Because one thing that Stephanie said was, wow, there's a lot of wisdom in this book. <laughs> you know, when you're editing it, you, yeah. it's like sometimes I open the book and I read a passage and I'm there like, who wrote that? You know, it's just yeah. a, a book becomes its own life. And so if you're an author and you're writing a book or you're ready to read one of your books, I say jump in and go for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm 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 excited uh, for you to hear it and I'm sure having someone uh who is not you read it will probably you'll hear things differently than than if you were to read the book aloud or you were to listen to yourself narrating. It's just so it's going to be a bit of a new experience for you too. So that's that's very exciting. Yes, I'm very I'm very excited and a lot of people have said, "Why didn't you read the book yourself?" And I'm there like, well, I'm really busy writing the next book. So <laughs> that's you know. that's usually what we tell authors. They say your your time is probably best spent writing your next book and marketing your your current book. Like that's that's usually, you know, I mean, unless you have skills or talent and and lots of time to narrate a book, that's probably better served to, to just just keep doing what what you do best and and then uh, let others uh, help where they can. One final question before we end is like, so how many hours does it take to record a seven and a half hour book? Well, um, if you factor in the research for this one, a lot longer than usual. But um, in general, you know, I've I've gotten pretty fast. And so uh, and a lot of it comes from confidence, just trusting that you're you're doing the right thing. Um, I. I can do about two hours take two hours for one finished hour okay. um and then you know there's a little bit more time involved just with editing and, and corrections and all that but so i try to keep it under three hours two and a half between somewhere between two and a half and three hours um for a finished audiobook uh, for each, for every uh finished hour of audio um now beginning narrators could be anywhere you know five to six hours for a finished hour brand new authors who want to narrate their own book i've heard 10 to 15 hours for one finished uh, hour because you're getting in your head you're you don't like this you're you don't you don't think that sounded good the dog barked you know there's just all these things that uh can make you want to pull your hair out so which is why you uh, a lot of authors say you know what let me just get someone else who can do this in a much faster way well that's awesome well i'm sure my my listeners are going to be happy to listen to this I, i'm going to encourage you to uh order a hard copy of winds of spirit and the audio copy and you can read along or you can open it up and so thank you nathan for being here with us and remember hit the subscribe button hit the like button and share this episode thanks so much renee really appreciate being here